When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meet Calvin. Hi. Calvin won 50 bucks off his roommate. That's because Calvin has the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Which he used to make a pasta song playlist. I'm a genioki. Calvin blasted this on repeat after betting his roommate couldn't complete a four-day juice cleanse. Oh, I can. The song Proper Pappardell pushed him over the edge. Mm, I love carbs. Good thing Calvin is one of millions with the iHeartRadio app. Download it today and get paid to ruin your roommate's stupid cleanse. Like Calvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is a recap episode of a conversation we had in April with the now winner of the Margaret River Pro and the Quicksilver Pro G-Land, Jack Robinson. While myself and producer Hendo are traveling around for our day jobs, we may take a minute before new episodes hit the feed, but we will do our best to keep you posted, and we'll have as many relevant replay episodes as possible in the interim. With this replay hitting the airwaves, the Surf City El Salvador Pro presented by Corona at Punta Roca has commenced its waiting period with the world's best surfers battling for a spot in the WSL Final Five before September's world title deciding Rip Curl WSL Finals at Lower Trestles. As of recording, we haven't yet commenced competition in El Salvador, but when we do, the world's best surfing will be webcast live at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. Back to today's guest. Since our conversation just a couple months ago, he's become the first men's surfer to win back-to-back -to -back championship tour events since Italo Ferreira in 2019. And he's now ranked number two in the world and poised to be a fixture at the season-ending Rip Curl WSL Finals. Please enjoy the lineup's April 2022 conversation with Western Australia's Jack Robinson. The good old clap, take one. That's right. <laughs> How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? You can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. your <laughs> box. All right. We have Jack Robinson back on the lineup. Almost a year to the day from your last appearance, I think. And we're honored to have you back. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Dave. Stoked to be back. Lots happened. It's been pretty much 12 months. So uh, yeah, I'm in the same place where we did it last year, back in my hometown. So uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And we're going to get to all that because when we were talking about like, oh man, what are we going to talk about? And we're like, it's been 12 months and he's had a hell of a 12 months, but we're going to get to that. But mm. we're, you're back in your hometown. What are you up to today? It's a few days before the event window opens up. Are you surfing? Are you working? What's going on? Yeah, I'm back. I'm I'm surfing. I'm, you know, the weather's amazing. I'm enjoying the place again. Just that feeling when you haven't been here for so long. It's like, I don't know. It's just, I missed it so much. Um, you know, it's, I love coming back here and even just getting a couple of weeks here, getting, getting that. It's, uh, it's great. It's like a recharge, you know, before I go to this next back half of the year. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy. We have the event as well coming up. Um, 
good time to be back. How long has it been since you've actually been home? Like a, a few months or what, what's been the time? It's been since May last year. I went to the Gold Coast and then went to the wave pool and I never came back. And now I just got back two days ago um, because the state was closed for so long. It was so hard to get back in and mm. now it's all back. We're, uh, it's been a crazy couple of years, but now we're back and um, it's probably good. You know, it makes me, it's such an easy place to stay at when you, when you're here for a long time. You would never want to leave it because the waves are good and everything's easy. It's easy. I can go, come and go now and uh, I just appreciate when I am here. <laughs> that makes sense. And and obviously we talked about that in the in the last podcast, how much you traveled when you were younger. But yeah. May last year, that's like, you know, 10 or 11 months. Is that the longest you've been away from home for, for a long time? Yeah, that would have been the longest I've ever been away. 10, 11 months. Yeah. Uh, it's You know, I was in Hawaii for four months of it, which was great. The season was awesome. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm used to it. It's, this is a, I'm a world traveler. We have a world tour and I have to go after what I'm, what I'm aiming for. And that's, um, doing the best I can with that. So, uh, that's my focus. But yeah, home is home. It'll always be here. That makes a lot of sense. Well, let's dig into the present season first, then we'll wind the clock back a little bit from those last 12 months between our last conversation and now. But pretty good season so far, although it's been a little bit inconsistent. 17th mm. at Pipe, you know, fifth at Sunset, 17th in Panish, and then a third at Bells, all of which were really impressive, even sort of your 17th at Pipe, like amazing waves um, for a lot of that for you. Generally speaking, though, you know, how have you felt about your season so far? I mean, for me, coming into pipe, obviously, I'm feeling amazing. It's there's just more experience as well. Being on tour for the first, you know, year that I didn't surf as much, we we barely had an event. But then, obviously, the year that I was on last year, and we had all, you know, a fair few events. It's just it's different coming in again. You have you're just a bit more used to it. There's more experience. You learn so much. And you know what it's about. You've done it. Uh, but I had yeah big expectations for Pipe. You know, it's obviously I've won out there before at other events, and um, yeah, it was it was huge, especially starting in Hawaii. You expect to come out in the top top three, top two in the world, like in that top top couple of guys. Um, but that's not how competition is. It's uh, you know it was hard to take the first one, and then Sunset, you get focused again, and you go again, and and you build on it. Um, and yeah, the year is like that. It's up and down sometimes, but we're building. So I'm, I'm feeling good and just, just staying really happy as well. You know, I want more. I'm hungry, but I'm just, I'm staying happy at the same time too. And I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah. This came up a, a few weeks ago when we were talking to Sally, just how disruptive starting in Hawaii has been, you know, cause for about two decades, it was, We'd finish in Hawaii in December on the CT. Um, we'd have a few months off. And then I don't want to say it was easy, but it was a bit more of an ease in where it's like you're going to this really playful, high performance wave at Snapper Rocks in early March. You're staying in Australia and, and the season kind of builds from there as opposed to what it is now, which is, hey, you're starting at Pipe in prime season in January. And that's the first event of the year you being fairly new to the tour wouldn't have known the rhythm otherwise, but have you noticed that amongst your peers just thinking like, Oh man, like the, the regular performers are maybe not performing as well as they used to. And there's been a lot of surprises. Well, yeah, it's different. I mean, you get so used to a routine 
maybe as a competitor and you're doing the same thing for so many years and then as soon as it changes or you get thrown off then you get thrown off i mean it's that's what happens probably to a few guys and and girls they probably hadn't put in as much time you know at those locations over those years and you get but that also can be something to work on too you know like you've got to be ready for anything on tour as well it's it even one event changes so much what conditions we have so changing a location and switching it around you just have to probably put in more time and be more ready instead of easing your way in and being so used to something it's you're not always comfortable at every event you know you have to you have to be it's just ever changing this tour so i get more used to it now seeing you know the calls and just oh we're on we're not oh, okay so you really have to stay ready. It's not easy to do. I could see that, you know, for a lot of other people. They're, they're not used to something being so intense to start off the year. For sure. And obviously your comfort level both inside and outside of Jersey and Hawaii is is well established and, and sort of universally regarded. And then Europe is always sort of a crapshoot to a degree. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about Bells because you had an amazing run there. And Bells hadn't ran. It didn't run last year when you were on the CT. Last time it did run was 2019. I am curious as to how much experience you had competing at Bells and how successful you were in your in the years before you were on the championship tour. Right. I never competed at Bells as a kid. I remember I went there on one trip uh, that I did and I stayed there for four or five days and I surfed Bells once and then I surfed Winky Pop a couple of times. But I do remember it. I remember, you know, it was good going back there as a kid. Uh, or no, only going once as a kid. But also I went a few weeks before the event too. And I just went to go and see it before the whole tour got there just to get eyes on it. But, you know, you hear so much about it and some people don't like the wave. And then I always looked at it. Though, I was like, I probably will like this wave. You know, it's, it is similar in some ways to Hawaii. You know, it is good. But, you know, I try to, try to be able to learn places as quick as possible and, you know, give me a couple of weeks and... um yeah, let it grow on you. That's, you know, that's, that's what it was. But no, I didn't have much time at all. And um, I don't know, I was sort of visualizing the wave more than I've ever been there, you know. So that's what I had to do a bit more. I was like, okay, <laughs> got to let it grow on me in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seemed like it worked out, obviously. And I think, too, like probably that comparison to Hawaii is an apt one and, and even probably to a lot of the setups in, in Western Australia, too, because it just seems like it is one of those waves that vexes you know, elite level surfers who either haven't thought about it enough or haven't competed there enough. And you see really good surfers struggle out there. In addition to the visualization and going down there a little bit earlier, did you do anything specific with your equipment? Were you trying new things? I'm, I'm just curious and we'll kind of get into, I guess, the rounds because you did so well, but I'm wondering if there was anything else that you worked on. I mean, the boards and I was on Sharp Eyes for that event, you know, and I've been riding those a lot. So the the my shaper there, Brendan, he obviously has surfed down there a lot and he knows what to make. He's obviously making boards for Morgan Siblick and then a lot of other guys that are on tour, they'll get boards from him when they come to Oz. So that part was taken care of. But yeah, I think it's interesting about different locations on tour. Like I've been to Hawaii so many times as well, just going back and I feel like I'm very established there, but then also just letting places grow and you know expectations as much. Sometimes when you've been there a lot to a certain place, you have a big expectation for it. And sometimes that becomes right. the focus more. Oh, I got to take the win. I, I, I'm expected to win this place. But it's 
going to Bells maybe right. was a different location and I haven't been there. So I, I made myself not expect too much and it was nice to go there and, and actually um, just not have it, you know, to not feeling heavy, you know, to perform so well, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and let it grow on me and I'll perform, you know, you know, take it as it comes. That was nice. That's really interesting. And And while you say you didn't put the expectations on yourself, I think something that you and certainly the rest of the field has been thinking and obviously vocalizing recently is the looming mid-season cut, right? And as we talked about, not the result you wanted at Pipe, much better at Sunset Beach, not the result you wanted in Panish. So heading into Bells, was the mid-season cut something that was on your mind? Um, I, I, obviously it was, but was it something that you were worried about? Is maybe a better way to put it. Yeah, I mean, it pops in and out of your mind and a lot of guys... Are obviously gonna, you know, it's they're gonna be focusing on that too. It's gonna, it takes energy, is what I'm trying to get to. Is you're gonna be thinking about it a bit. I mean, obviously, a lot of us aren't the biggest fans of it, but then also we have to go and do a job and go and surf. And obviously, it wasn't my focus in the end. I'm gonna go and perform and do my job. I, I sort of went, okay, I have no fear towards anything else. Just when you have these things come into your mind, it's like, okay, yes, it's there, and but I'm not gonna perform any better if. It is the focus, you know, and that wasn't the focus. I was, right. I knew it was there. I was able to really just have a narrow focus, which was good. I was, I was enjoying the place, what it was. I wasn't so worried about the cut because some guys you see, and you can probably tell they're thinking about it. It's, there's a lot to think about. It's, it changes a lot of things, you know, it's, it makes you think about it a lot. But I was, it was just, yeah, I was very clear. I was good. That's good. I mean, I, 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 I completely understand that too. I was, uh, somewhat offline last week uh, with spring break with the twins, but um, obviously I pulled into a few conversations. And the way I looked at it, just in terms of the response, was I said, well, as I said to uh, our CEO, I said, well, I, you know, the bottom third probably don't like it and they're going to vocalize that because they're getting cut. And the uh, the middle third probably don't like it because they don't feel safe. And then the top third probably don't care either way because it's working out just fine for them right now. So yeah, I said it's all that's true. It all makes sense um, in terms of the response, but it is interesting just to hear how different people kind of handle that pressure. And if you take a look at your round results, you know, opening round, second place over Jadson under Kolohe. Round of 32, you you take down Leonardo. Round of 16, you defeat Ima Kalani. And then the quarterfinals was was the nail-biter against Italo Ferreira. You know, out of those heats, did any of them kind of... You said you were kind of focusing on building at the wave. Did any of them stand out to you as like, you know, that felt like the right way to surf this wave? Yeah, I mean, every I felt like I was adapting well. I was just playing it smart at least. Um you know, and then and, and making heats, that's what we're all trying to do. But yeah, there's so many, you know, with the with the cut and all this stuff looming, like that that could come into your mind so easily, you know. It's like it could take over really easily. But I didn't see myself, you know, below that. I don't see myself belonging here. This is my moment and this is where I'm here to stay. So I wasn't really focused on that. It was, you know, it was the event and how to surf the waves, you know, is what you asked me. It was I was focused on that. That was the main the main goal. Bells is a tricky spot. It's not easy. You have to surf smart. And uh, I think, yeah, the more time I put in out there, um, yeah, hopefully the better it will be. It's, um, it felt good though, you know, just to make heats. It's always nice to make heats. Everyone is surfing so good. So to have some heats and uh, next time I don't want it to be so close, you know, I'm, 
on a couple of them. Make sure you lock guys up, especially in the quarters against Italo. I don't want it. It's a close heat, but I don't want to have that. But yeah, we'll be good. You know, just 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 happy to get a keeper result. It's good. Yeah, it was a great result. And as you said, Bell's giveth and she taketh away. Right? You 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 get Italo in the dying seconds, and then in the quarterfinals, and then against rookie Callum Robson, who I think impressed everybody. Although funny enough. Um, we had Adam Robertson on the podcast the week before Bell started, and he was the one guy that he said Callum's been ripping. And I'm like, wow, he must know his shit. He, got, he nailed this guy before the event. And you were so close to that final, right? 0.36 off um, and getting there. So I'm sure you're stoked with the result, but probably frustrated not to be in the final at the same time. For sure. I want to be there. I want to obviously always get the most I can get out of it and, and take it out. I get to ring that event one day in my career, but it was it was nice. You know, maybe... You know, I also looked at it, you know, it was nothing against him. Maybe, you know, he's had a hard road as well and it was his moment, you know, to make that heat. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just excited to carry the momentum, you know, and build on it. That's that's the main thing I take out of it. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at. So I think it's pretty incredible. I know we talked about this a little bit the last time you came on the pod, and I know we've talked about it before and after that too, but and you you've been really gracious and candid with the media about this too but just the conversation around you know how prodigious you were in your youth at you know surfing really critical waves heavy waves at at doing the big exciting um aerial maneuvers as well but then as you've sort of admitted like there's parts of your surfing that you've really worked on even after qualifying really worked on and as someone who you know is fortunate enough to observe the world's best surfing for as long as I do. It seems like a lot of that came together at Bell's. You know, we talked about how you weren't, it wasn't a spot that you'd had a ton of experience on, but it feels like all that work you've been putting in both in the water and outside the water really came to fruition just in the way you were surfing. Like it just feels like you're becoming a better surfer, which is saying something because you started out at such a high level already, you know? Mm. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, since before Mexico, you know, obviously, I've always traveled with Maddie Bemrose and we've always been together working out stuff. But then also having more and, and more people in your corner. You know, obviously, uh, I was away so long and we started working with Leandro Dara. Yago's dad, always been good friends with Yago. And then Yago's dad came along and we've, you know, it's just, you know, fitting bits of the puzzle. You know, it's like you, you're figuring it out along the way and you, you get better and better at it. And I feel like that was another area he helped me so much with with just working on stuff and also um, there's so much you can get a bit stagnant sometimes as a surfer and think that you're doing enough you know but it's there's so much more to work on I feel like I've progressed so much in the last eight to ten months it's just been crazy even um, last year from my boards you know I changed up so much stuff but also just the technique everything it takes you way more places and I think um, just adding so much more to my whole repertoire i think i think it helped me so much you know just because i never really had that as much i wouldn't work on specific things as much i would go on surf and obviously you know you can be good in a lot of waves but working on waves when it's small working on my technique that's all happening now that's happening so much more it's way different than what it was um before and now i'm just building on that that's my main focus as a competitor building on that and also my technique it's been a super, super big focus for me. So um, I'm, I'm really happy that I get to work on that. Yeah. That's interesting. And, and I, wonder, I wonder if you agree with this because I remember, you know, years and years ago when Dane Reynolds was on tour and, and 
you know, while he he wasn't really the tried and true competitor, he did say, he goes, you know, one of the nicest things about being on tour, despite having to hassle for waves, he goes, the level is just so high. So you're always you're always as sharp as you can. And he goes, that's a really good feeling in your surfing. I'm wondering, have you found that that just in you trying to get better and improve and sharpen, 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 has being on tour and just almost being forced to surf around CT caliber surfers helped in that regard? Yeah, it has. I mean, you're always on. Like, you just always have to be on. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, and yeah, we've, we've been working so much. Me and Leandro, we always just... I never used to watch footage that much of myself. I never used to watch anything, really. And you come in from a session, oh, boom, boom, boom. You're looking at it. You're studying yourself. I never used to do that. It was just go and surf and I remember it in my head and visualizing it. But that's one thing. You can't... You have to look back on it and see see uh, what you're doing wrong too. So, um, that's just been a big focus. It's I didn't always want to watch the bad waves. You know what I mean? It's easy just to go, oh, yeah. oh, I'm not going to watch that. Um, but now I have to watch everything. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you were like a, a civilian like the rest of us. You don't want to watch any of it. You're, you're like, I like the way I look in my head. I don't, I don't want to see it at all. Why is my arm there and my leg does that? It's ridiculous. For sure. That's like... My wife, Julia, she comes in from a session. She goes, oh, I had the best session ever, but I don't want to see the clips because I'll look bad. But I'm like, no, nah, it's all good. It's, you know, that that's that's <laughs> fine. But as a competitor, you have no choice. Like these guys, everyone is so good. I'm, I'm going to have to watch the bad stuff. So it's not easy, even the heats. But I feel like I've progressed a lot with that. So, um, yeah, you got to be humble towards it. Go, all right. I might not be as good at this as some of the other guys, and, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> That's the <laughs> so, hardest part of the job, I'm sure. It is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So you're coming off a third at Bells. We're back in the hometown, first time 10 and 11 months. I got a note here, and I do remember this now that I read this, but the last time you came on, we asked you for your forecast for Margaret River, and it was like dead on. So I'm going to ask you now, what is your forecast prediction for uh, this year's event at Margaret River? I feel like we'll start the conditions. I feel like we'll start the very first day. Maybe they will do the women's. I'm not sure if we'll if we'll surf, but uh, the you know the the third and fourth day might have a bit of a storm, and then uh, after that it's going to clear up, and we're going to get some days to run. It's probably going to have good sized waves. I think like it's going to be you know maybe maybe a couple of days at Margie's, but also maybe a sneaky day at the box here and there. And yeah, I hope they. Make use of it, you know. We'll, we can get over there for for when it's good, um, because obviously everyone loves that. It's exciting. But yeah, I think we're going to get good waves. I think we expect marks to be fun after this front passes, and then yeah, um, I mean, I'm happy either way. I'm at home, so I'm I'm fine about that. As <laughs> we're just here, and uh, I got some good boards, so I just really want to go surf. And um, yeah, another good stop on tour. We had such a good run already with the waves, so um, it's uh, yeah. Hopefully, we get some. I like it. And I mean, it's one of those places too, and maybe you can educate some of the listeners because obviously, you know, the box in the past when we ran there is is tide affected. So we typically don't get, you know, eight, 10 hour days out there. Sometimes it's only a four hour session or something like that. And, you know, we don't get to go there every day necessarily. So it is difficult, I'm sure, as a competitor is 
you know, how how frustrating would it be for someone like yourself if we did run at the box, but just the way the draw worked out, it wasn't for your heat. And then, you know, we didn't get to go back there. Would, would you be bummed where you're like, oh my God, like that's kind of my spot. I'd really like to go surf there. Well, yeah, I think definitely half the men on tour, they want to surf there and it's, you know, everyone wants to. It's it's But basically, you know, I know we're going to have to surf mugs and and then the box is a bonus for us as a competitor like you look at it as a bonus so if i get to do it okay then that's that's how it is but uh yeah because as a surfer it's it's as fun as it gets it's it's short and intense but it's like it's just across the bay it's like it's what you what you live for you surf waves like that but yeah it's not a bonus as a competitor if we get to go we'll get to go and um i know everyone enjoys watching it so that's cool Aside from yourself, if you had to give the listeners one men's and one women's surfer to watch in Margaret River this year, who would they be? Well, I think obviously there's a lot of exciting guys on tour, especially the younger guys and also this cut coming up. I feel like there's going to be certain guys that are going to rise and surf better because they have stuff on the line. Um, it's you know It's going to be the usuals for sure, like obviously John John. Is really good out here. He's proven, and you know, Felipe won last year. But there's also guys that are super good as well. Like there's, you know, oh I, yeah, Griffin. Obviously, we're all, you know, pretty close in the rankings. So I feel like you know they're going to be surfing really good. But you know, there might be there might be certain guys like Leo Furavan. He might surf. You know, he might it might be on for this one and, and be pushing really hard. There's there is guys that are going to surf good. And, but my pick for the, you know, for the win, <laughs> I they don't have question. to win. Just it's just someone, yeah. just someone to watch. That's yeah, like. someone to watch. Um, I think look at the lower half of the rankings. I think I think there's going to be some really good performances. Maybe uh, Owen. Who else is next to Owen on the rankings down? You know, down down a bit lower. Uh, Callanan's down there. Callanan, Owen, George. No, Geordie's below me. Um, I feel like there's. Those guys, you know, that that area of the rankings, there's going to be some good guys to watch. Owen's good on his backhand out here. I'm just pulling it up now so we can all have a peek. Let's see. Connor's just below the cut line. Then Owen, Frederico, Leonardo, Zhao's 25th, Morgan's 28th. I think Connor David Coffin. Jadson, yeah. Yeah, I got it. That was one name I was, I was missing because obviously you expect him to be up, up the higher end of the rankings. But I think Connor mm. is going to be hungry for this one too. Connor, Leo, I feel like these guys are hungry. They haven't had really what they wanted at the start of the year. And those guys can do really good at pipe and sunset and those ways. So I expect to watch Connor or Leo. Like they're going to be many ones to watch. Besides Ethan, Griffin and everyone, John, they're the usuals. But yeah. that lower half, I'm excited to see what they do. And then what, the, what about on the women's side? Yeah. Yeah, for the women's, uh, I mean, Carissa uh, obviously is a favorite, but then... Also, Tati West, you know, staying with Tati over in Bells. We were all together. And I think I think she's hungry as well because she didn't do that. She, she was left hanging at Bells, you know, didn't get the waves she needed. Right. And I think she's going to be hungry, hungry for a good one. She, I, I could feel it. So um, that's my picks. Yeah. Those are good picks. Now, before we go to break, we were we were laughing about this before we started recording. But just a couple hours before we recorded, the news broke that uh, reigning three-time world champion Gabriel Medina, who has not competed this year. He's taken some time off. He's had some injuries. Has uh, work, has a, been confirmed by Tours and Competition that he will receive the WSL wildcard 
for the first five events of 2023. He will also receive the WSL wildcard for the back five events of 2022. So he will be in the draw starting in Garajagan. Um, and because he has that wildcard in 2023, his results in 2022 will count towards a ranking, which theoretically he could run the table and qualify for the WSL Final Five. So I'm just putting it out there because I want to get any sort of initial reactions or thoughts or questions from you about that. Yeah, I expected him to come back. I was down in Brazil uh, just before last year and I went and stayed together with him. We cruised around and checked out his house and I expected him to come back. I mean, look at the the next half of this tour. It's, you know, Gabby can do well anywhere. Um, I think it's exciting for him. Yeah, if I was him, I'd be coming back uh, looking at the waves <laughs> there is. But, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, it's some guys... Like I was talking to, you know, a few guys and, oh, they're not, not, not everyone's sure, you know. So, um, but if I was him and I was looking at the waves, I'd be excited to come back. So, um, yeah, whatever he chooses is, it feels it feels like when you're a little kid and you have like you know you go over to like the rich kid's house they've got all the cool toys and you're playing with all the cool toys and these are the best toys ever and then someone's like i've got i've got another cool toy and they just dump it into the mix and it's like cool more <laughs> more cool stuff so i feel like for surf fans everyone's like wow this is great <laughs> so no way yeah i mean it definitely shakes it up um but yeah we you know we've been on for the first half and then Coming into that next bit, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But then also seeing what happens, you know, with oh, the with towards the end of the year and, you know, who's going to be on tour is always interesting. Like, I'm not sure what's happening with Yago and all that, but we'll see see what goes on for the next half and, and what every, how everything pans out. And obviously, we'll be back on tour together. So, I'm excited about that. And, yeah, sure. just uh, get everyone back together. Who's been there? It's, you know, sometimes doesn't feel normal without these guys. Like, you know, Gabriel, Yago, everyone hasn't been on there for the first half. I want to see everyone back. It's what you want. They just want, you want a tour with completely, completely filled. So um, I'm excited. I like it. We're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsors and we'll come back and we're going to track exactly what we've been doing since our last podcast. So we'll be right back. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. 
Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. As surfing makes its impressive showcase for the second time at the Olympic Games Paris 2024, Samsung is capturing every epic moment through a new docuseries and a celebration of our culture, bringing the spirit and stories of surfers, including Joanne DeFay, John John Florence, and Jack Robinson to the forefront. Want to dive deeper into our world? Visit youtube.com slash at Samsung. Coming back from break, we, we mentioned that it, it's been a very productive uh, 12 months since we've spoke. So much has unfolded. And I, I think maybe the place to start is with Mexico last year. Now, I think you and I talked last time, and I've actually seen you kind of comment on this before, but it's like there are so many good, good surfers that get developed when they're younger. And so few of them ever even compete or get sponsored or matriculate through those levels. And, and every kid that does well on the pro junior, it's an even tiny percent, tinier percentage that does well on the qualifying series and even tinier percentage that gets on the challenger series and so forth. And, and for every person that gets on the CT, so few of them ever even win a CT event. Um, and you did, you know, in your first year on tour. So can you talk to us just a little bit about the Mexico event? I know you, you said you had started working with um, Leandro Dora. I, I just walk us through that event and, and just the feeling of actually winning a CT, which is a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I see a lot of people on tour and women's and men's side that you go maybe sometimes forever, a whole career without winning. And then to do one in the first year, it was amazing. Um, I was thinking about that. I you know, I changed so many things, a lot of simple things before that event. And, you know, I was under pressure going into that event. That was, it was a lot, you know, on the line in a way. But, you know, I'm just trying to think the best possible way to explain it is, um, yeah, like it was funny. Like I, I feel like I've, I've been sort of in the spotlight for a long time. And then, you know, people expect you to do all these things and, and to perform so well. And okay, he's been hyped up so much, but. It was interesting, like, oh, such a great feeling. I remember I was having so much fun in Mexico. It was, it was one of the first events, you know, like I feel like I found myself as, you know, as kind of a competitor as well and just also it was a turning point, I feel like, you know, working with Leandro just before that and just being humble, having a good people around you, not not getting caught up in everything else. It was, I don't know, just something I couldn't really explain. It was It was something that you know it all just fell into place i don't know i don't know what it was just 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 felt great you know i felt like it was a turning point and um a lot of things clicked for me you know just in my mind i think sometimes when you have all these expectations and things you buy into it too much from other people and i think that event you know i was doing it for myself i was fighting for myself fighting for my place there until i was you know that that's one of the first events where i started to surf a lot freer and um mm. feel like that's been something I haven't had for a long time. I was 
you know, I always surf him with this, with a bit of a rush, you know, like to, to try and do too much too soon, you know, and, and that event, I said, I was, I was present, I was good. And I was like, okay, this is what, this is how I should compete more and more. I got to, you know, find this feeling more and more. And, and obviously the ups and the downs with it, but you know, as long as I have that feeling, I can, I can produce it more and more. So, yeah. I remember talking to Kolohe about something similar and there's that the Russell Crowe movie Gladiator and and there's a scene where he's sitting next to Jaiman Hansu when they all realize who he actually was and Jaiman Hansu's character says something to the effect of you have a great name you need to kill it before it kills you and I've always thought about that especially with you know surfers like yourself who as you pointed out like you're not actively creating hype around yourself. That's sort of the industry and and the media and everything around you doing that. And it casts a very large shadow sometimes. And you almost have to kind of deconstruct that shadow so you can emerge as who you actually are. And it does, just from the outside, seems like whether that's been a conscious decision or not for you, it's something that has happened. You know, you've like reinvented this person in a way, maybe you didn't reinvent them, but you've sort of reestablished who you are from, you know, the little bowl cut kid that charged the box that everyone saw when, you know, you were 12 or whatever. And it's like that person can't succeed when he's 25. You have to be 25 to succeed when you're 20. You know what I mean? So it feels like there's a little bit of that in the way you've approached things. No, exactly. I think definitely I've reestablished a lot of things and just, just really like, just reinvented a lot of stuff too. I think, um, just for my own self, I'm not, I'd always be a little just too self-conscious or what, you know, what also, what, what a lot of people think, you know, and, and, Mm. and this and that, you know, I'm not, you know, you got to do this for yourself and I got to want to do this as well. You know, I want to work hard to, to succeed and do this for my own self. It's it's what I want. Sometimes people want to see, you know, they, they want to see a lot before and, you know, you've been hyped up so much, but no, I was just going and doing it for myself. I want to let myself and do the talking. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just I'm cool as it is. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. You know, I want to focus on, on what I got going on, not buy into everything else. They let everyone enjoy the surfing. You know, that's that's the main thing. I, you know, that all the talk and everything. I like, you know, letting people talk. It's good that I'm the talk, but I, I really, mm. you know, was focused on myself and having really good people around me because that's how you grow as a person too. And yeah, I want to go and surf more events and be on tour. You know, this is a lot, a long time, a long career. I could be here as long as I want, but you know, as, and, and just enjoy it. This is I'm here, you know, to do my thing, and yeah, I'm just I'm just fighting for my place, you know, fighting to to get ahead like all the other competitors on here. So um, yeah, I'm excited. It, it is interesting, like right, because as soon as you kind of let go of a lot of that imagery stuff and the hype and whatever, and kind of turn the volume down, there success tends to happen, and then a lot of probably what the 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 path that people were pushing ends up finding you anyway you know a a parallel would be that since the since it has been like 15 years right since the 2006 rip curl pro search where andy irons won and and you've obviously been compared to andy and approach um for a long long time you know so there's there's it's funny how those like comparisons end up becoming truisms as long as you're not focused on the comparison the whole time it's like well you, you kind of feed into it in a way that's it i mean that it, it's gonna eat you up otherwise it will seriously eat you up and just spit you out and you won't be you won't know where you've been you know you got to be ready for for that and sometimes as a kid 
well, all the time as a kid, you're basically not ready for it. It's you're not ready for what's coming, especially if it's so many people talking or this and that. It's uh, it's always feeding into your mind, so you're always going to be around it, and it's hard to to put it to the side. You just want to have fun and go surf. But now I feel like I'm I'm just I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not buying into anything else. I have good people around me and. My preparation, everything for each event. I'm taking each moment as it comes, and that's that's where I'm at. I'm just I'm surfing and I'm hungry. So um, I feel like I have the hunger back for my path, not for what everyone else wants and which way they should see me go. It's not a hype train or so that. I'm just really focused to go and surf and be on tour. I love it. So big win, championship tour win in Mexico. Tahiti gets canceled uh, because of COVID purposes. What are your movements? after mexico because we didn't have anything specific that we needed to do for the ct surfers till the end of january so you had a big chunk of time where were you what did what'd you get up to so uh, straight after mexico i stayed there for a little extra time went and surfed and then after that i went back to california i was actually cruising a lot with griffin colapinto and, and hanging out at their house a bit and i spent a lot of time in san clemente uh and then Straight after that, did, did you go to the? Did you go to the finals? Were you there at that time? Did you go watch it? I actually, what happened during the finals? I think I had to leave. Yeah, it was like no, I wasn't. I was in the wave pool in Waco, Texas. Had a trip planned for a long time to go there, and then I went down to Brazil, and I had two months off in Brazil. I went and hung out at uh, my wife's um, family house, her her place in the Spirit of Santa, and then I went to. Florianopolis with Yago Dari, Leandro stayed at their house for a couple of weeks. And then I went to Sao Paulo, I mean, uh, Marazias. I went to, went to Gabby's house for a couple of days. I went and saw a lot of places. It was cool. And um, That does sound good. Yeah, it was good fun. Had some good food. And then after that, headed back to Hawaii for the season and did Haleiwa. Did, did four months in Hawaii, which was a long time. That was probably the most I've done there, usually there for three, but... Um, couldn't get back home, so I, uh, I figured, you know, America was open and why not stay there? It's a good place to be. So um, Hawaii was Volcom's the Volcom's got a nice house there for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, why not? I go back to my house and stay there. <laughs> Second half. Was, was, the, was the decision um, not to go down to the beach at the Rip Curl WSL Finals a conscious one or just a scheduling thing where it's like, well, I was going to Waco and that's how it ended up? It was, well, I, was, I, I really wanted to go and then... Um, it was so exciting watching it online. I actually had a lot of fun watching it online, but I heard it was pretty cool. I mean, I've been to so many events and, and been there. So, I mean, it was also a little bit, you know, I was watching every single heat online and I wasn't in it. So, I was like, ah, oh, you know, right. it's kind of, I was thinking about it going, I want to really want to be in this thing and, and I want to be there next year. And I was surfing lowers a lot before that, before the finals. I was there the whole time, but I really wanted to be in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it from afar this time, but I want to be there next year. I want to be down there next year. I didn't want to go down if I wasn't in it. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch online the whole time and I want to be there. I want That's where I want to be. <laughs> so hopefully that, one day. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it, I, the reason I ask is because like sometimes I hear like high level surfers or competitive surfers when they're in heats, they will not watch their competitors waves because they're like, no, I'm they're doing their thing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm not exactly. going to get dragged into it. Whereas anytime I'm surfing, I'm like watching someone blow the back out of the wave and going like, oh my God, <laughs> like what's going to happen? For sure. like, 
<laughs> yeah, you find yourself in a heat sometimes. You can actually get too focused on it. You're watching the guy keep blowing his fins out, and it's like oh, it's not a it's not a good thing for me. I'm not going to focus on him. But no, was, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny like that. But yeah, being down there at the event, I probably would have been watching a lot of that, and I would have been going ah, I would have been just raring to go at it. So I'd rather be here and actually doing it next year. So we're here this year, and I'm hopefully there at the end of the year. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and in addition to your, well, well, while you were in Hawaii, you you worked on one of my favorite uh, content series, the Stab in the Dark series. And for the listeners out there that uh, have not seen this, you should go check it out. Um, they've been doing it for a few years, and it's essentially a, a double blind test with surfboard shapers where the shapers don't know who they're shaping for. They get sort of the specs of the surfer, how tall you are, how much you weigh. And they build, you know, their best high performance board for the surfer. And then the surfer doesn't know who the shapers are. And they just have to test these boards throughout however long they got um, and then come up with a winner. So it's such a cool project. And and I just wanted to talk to you about it a little bit. How long did you have to film? You know, what did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? What, what was your experience doing Stab in the Dark? Yeah, Stab in the Dark was was really good um, just to see all the guys that have done it before me as well, like Mick and Julian and Jordy, and the list goes on. There's so many good surfers. Taj obviously did the last one. So it was interesting. I was looking at all the boards going, how am I going to get anything right? And then like I have felt quite a lot of boards, even though I'm pretty young, like a lot of guys, like you maybe if you get someone like Gabriel or someone, probably wouldn't know what the boards are, but he'd rip on every one of them or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> just certain guys don't pay attention maybe right. to each shaper as much. And then you go and, um, right. you know, you just go and surf the boards as a surfer. But I think I learned a lot out of it and it was it was good just to – you get better as a surfer too because um, I'm in a phase where I'm trying so many boards and I've got a couple of different shapers that I'm going back and forth with. But it was a good test during that time. It was – and the only thing was I didn't like booting the one board out straight away. I had to get rid of one. But right, yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, – you want to give everything a chance because the shape has put a lot into it. And uh, as a surfer, I think it makes you get better as well. Just understand more. You ask more questions about it and you – so it makes you think because a lot of the time as surfers, we just don't think about anything. Oh, it feels good. Okay, I'll go and surf. But, you know, to know right. what works and – uh yeah, as a surfer, it's good fun. Like it's simple, but it's it's good fun. There's a lot that goes into it, you know, that you don't know. So uh, maybe get better. I think you. I think you might be like the highest scoring surfer in the Stab in the Dark series, just in terms of guessing the right shaper at the start. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I saw that somewhere. I, I don't. I don't remember what you did. If it was like nine or twelve or whatever, but I think you did really well. Where. Like someone like Taj, I'm pretty sure he was like, this is just for theater because I'm going to get all of them wrong, which I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, Mick's pretty meticulous. Like he, he knows his stuff and I think he might have, I think he got the most. That, um, I might be just behind that. But yeah, it's it's good. Like it's it's interesting to see because each board is alive. Someone made it and, it, you know, it feels alive when you pick it up. I was talking about this to Brendan Leckie like, the sharp eye odds shaper he goes oh they got to feel alive when you pick them up like so you can tell certain boards you know it's the foam or the you know just anything some boards feel heavy and dead or they feel alive and it's like um yeah when, when you felt a lot of boards you can pick some out so it's good makes sense now i think i read recently that as you said you're working with a bunch of different shapers but i think you recently named um eric arkawa 
um, Sharp Eye and uh, Mayhem are are the ones you're working with mostly. But in Stab in the Dark, the the board you selected was actually a Channel Islands board shaped by Britt Merrick, and I think you said you actually ordered a few as well. So I, roundabout way of saying. You know, how do you decide? Like, I'm, when someone like yourself, it, it's probably you could get boards from every world class shaper, but even four seems like you could get decision paralysis on, like, well, I don't know about this or that. <laughs> how do you sort through just world class craft and deciding, like, these boards for this event, et cetera? Yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, like a lot of guys sometimes they get caught up in the brand and what and what guys are writing those, you know, brands and go, okay, that's what's got to work for me. Um, you know, so that can sort of subconsciously be in your head a bit. But as you go through it and you do it more and more, like I think it was confusing at the start, oh, you know, Mayhem, Sharp Eye, Eric, and then I had a few Channel Islands. But I would narrow it down during the contest. Like it would just, you know, go, okay, this is, this is like my own stab in the dark. I'm going to write just what goes on feel. And the Sharp Eyes have been doing it. You know, I'm just trying to, trying to figure it out and maybe – it happens when it happens, maybe six months or two a year, okay, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna properly, you know, actually sign of someone or I'm gonna keep riding those boards. But it's just you know, I remember Andy did it for a long time. As a kid I'd watch him like he'd be riding a bunch of different mm. boards and you know, just keeping things open. So it's it's fun to do it, you know, and what and go on what feels good for a little while. Um but yeah, the confuse the confusion that can creep in, like especially if you're indecisive. Um, like some right. guys, it's yeah. You just you have to break them up into different batches. There, so each shaper's got a whole different view on what he what he's doing. So it's sometimes it's hard, but yeah, I'm I'm riding mainly sharp eyes right now. And then if it's bigger, obviously a few Eric's, and then I've had a few Channel Islands on the way, obviously because stab in the dark, and I wanted to try that model. It was good fun. And then yeah, a few mayhems before that that went good. But yeah, no, no bias to, to any shape. It's just what was going on feel, which is good, you know. So, so that's good. I I love stuff like that. I, I also think you know, just between the CT and who's riding what and stab in the dark, it means so much to the shapers. And obviously, Channel Islands and Brit were so stoked to win stab in the dark. But it it reminds me of like the contractors or the manufacturers in F one, just all the jockeying and just like, oh, we're gonna get this driver or that driver. We'll pull this yeah. person over and. I mean, it's been going on for years. I remember how sensitive people used to get. Like you mentioned Andy, but Kelly too, when he would like deviate from Channel Islands and ride another board and people were like, you burn those photos, you know, kind of stuff. Oh people my God, yeah. Pe- people get so, so fired up about it, especially shapers. They're pretty, um, you know, it's 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 quite personal, you know, like you, you, put, you put everything into it. So it's super personal for them and then we go and ride it. But um, yeah, I can understand, but it's, I think in the last couple of years, yeah, there's been a lot more guys trying different stuff. I've so, noticed that too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I, I, it does feel like, especially in the like late oddies, early 2010s, that the surfers were really locked in with their shaper, you know? And I don't know if it was contracts or I don't know if it was just a, a brand association thing, but I think you're right. It feels like everyone's trying a bunch of different things recently. And so you are you going to stick with uh, Sharp Eyes for Margaret River? Yeah, I'm going to be writing Sharp Eyes. Yeah, I got some good ones that feel good. And then obviously if it's big, I'll try a couple of Eric's and, and got some more of those. But yeah, uh, definitely since, you know, even being in Hawaii, like a lot of other shapers around the world have probably had to learn things, you know, and, and 
and make boards for Hawaii and places like that. Like I, I surfed Sunset a lot last year of Kolohe. And he was riding some Eric's. He had a Takara. I think he told me, yeah, Mayhem. I think Mayhem knew about it. But it's like it's cool to see, you know. I think it makes a better evolution of your surfing too. Like your surfing will evolve a lot more as well when you start drawing different lines on different boards. So it's good to see guys riding different stuff. And then it's going to make the shaper work harder and work better as well. He's going to have to think about a lot more. So you grow, grow both sides of the relationship for sure, which is good. I think that's a great approach to it. Yeah, we got a couple yeah. more topics as well as some listener questions, but we're going to take one more break in to get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hey, I hear you think podcasts are all about true crime, huh? Well, wise guy, the iHeartRadio app's got all kinds of podcasts. We got stuff you should know and stuff they don't want you to know. We got Bobby Bones, Big Boy, and Lou Later. We got SpongeBob Binge Pants and Exotic Erotic Storytime. We got Doughboys, Two Dudes in a Kitchen, Green Eggs and Dan... We got ElfQuest. We got podcasts for everything on the iHeartRadio app for free. If you don't download that, well, that's not just a true crime, my friend. That's criminal. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com code the lineup 1515 all right so we started the podcast talking about where you're at in the season right now and with that third place finish at bells you currently rank 13th you are guaranteed not only to advance to the back five events of this year, you've survived the mid-season cut, but you've also qualified for the start of the 2023 championship tour season. I know that we still have another event before the mid-season cut is final and you're at home in Margaret River, but do you anticipate that your mentality is going to change at CT events after the mid-season cut, knowing that I'm secure, my focus is no longer surviving the cut. It's about making the final five. Or do you think it will be the same approach that you've had for the first five events? I mean, it's it's one objective, the mid-season cut. You want to get it out of the way. So it lets you focus on the main goal at hand, which is getting to the final five. But also, you you could go, oh, okay, I've made it for this this first part of the year and oh I'm just gonna, you know, cruise and, and surf the events, you know, free. Mm-hmm. But no, I think I'm gonna be working hard still and I'm gonna be 
I'm treating them like pipe and like sunset. Like I'm just working super hard to to make sure my preparation is good. And there's some really good waves on tour. So yeah, I think just being well prepared and uh, giving it, you know, the best shot you can. You know, I, I, as long as I'm happy with how much work I've put in and and everything that goes into it, then I'll be happy with you know the performance and doing the best I can. So yeah, not too many you know thoughts or expectations going forward. Just just excited to get it going and um uh yeah leandro's coming to gland i'm pretty sure so we'll all be there and then yeah excited to get the next half of the dream tour started like it's gonna be gonna be exciting everyone's gonna be on and um yeah especially like there's so many guys that i want to compete against and surf against and the waves to do that in so yeah i'm just i'm just pumped i'm uh I'm different headspace compared to last year. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking about all the things that have happened. Right. It's like it's pretty crazy. So um, yeah, this whole traveling around the world and the whole COVID thing. And now we've actually got the tour lined up. It's all the events that we dreamed of. Yeah, feeling good and um, getting better and better. That's all I can say. And 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 just looking forward to it. Yeah, and and I guess another way to look at that kind of question too. And it, I would hazard to guess that it doesn't impact you as much but i'd imagine it does for a lot of people just in the sense uh because you do so much prep work and it sounds like psychologically when you head into these events it's very consistent because you've done the work but do you get the sense that you are surfing as free as you can when you compete because that's obviously not always the case for everybody some people tighten up and they surf a little more conservatively when they compete versus when they free surf do you feel like you have the breadth of your arsenal available to you and that you feel confident in using it when you're competing yeah i I feel like you will hold yourself back a lot too if you if you're not um free and you're not you're just feeling heavy and it's not good uh i feel like that comes down to a lot just just being really present and, and connected to the ocean and also just yourself you know you really you don't have any limits or anything it's just mainly going out there and enjoying it because when you are surfing really good and you are performing so well it does end up becoming fun on the other side of that it's like oh it's a good feeling it's like it's what we love you love you love doing that and showing that in the heat that's one of the hardest things to do so just the way to get there i think and put your mind in a good place to get to that point that's like the main thing for me is um yeah staying good through a contest and it's hard it's easy to talk about but it's just hard to do so um yeah i feel like that's Without saying it's going to be there, I feel like I'm on the way to that, you know, and just and just getting better at it. I'm always improving at it. So, um, yeah, you see the top guys that have been on tour longer than me and, and guys before that, they, they, they would always shine through and, and it wouldn't be hindered really. So I, I want to bring that out and uh, keep improving and I know I will. Yeah, it sounds right. And I do think like just having, I guess this is my 17th year now, but it does feel like the judging criteria and the way they interpret world-class surfing has played a hand in that in a way like i i think that when i started you know there was a there was a bit of a dissonance between what the judges rewarded as sort of elite level surfing and maybe what people were doing in free surfs and i feel like after a few years at least after i started that started blending to the point that you brought up where it's like well if you don't feel free enough to surf your very best and use all your tools and weaponry 
you're just not going to get the scores because there are other people who will, you know? And so you kind of have to have that ready. There's not like two different versions of surfing. I don't think at the elite level anymore. No. And it's, it probably comes more of experience, like especially after the first couple of years on tour, I couldn't answer probably those questions. How do I bring up the best performances or bring out that in right, critical right. moments? Like you can't really answer that when you first come on your first year. I'll answer it, but I don't know how it feels. And now I feel like I'm starting to experience it more and you feel it more. And being a young competitor, you have so much to give. You have so much energy. But it's also becomes of, you know, it comes with experience of being smart too and learning how to react to the, you know, each moment. Yeah, just more experience. I feel like this, it helps you so much. And um, I have everything there. It's just knowing how to channel it. Right. Yeah, that's – and you see it with guys on tour. There's a lot of guys who have a lot of energy, especially some of the rookies. You know, I'm, I'm, I've only been on here a couple of years and it's like you learn so much, but you come on as a rookie, you have so much energy. I remember the last couple of years ago, I came on like just blazing in my own head, like, ah, oh, you're going to take it, take it out. And yeah, you just learn to slow it down and go, all right, and like assess a bit more and experience more moments. And then, yeah, it's, you know, you're ready for more and more as it goes. So I feel like you get better and better with it. And I feel like I'm getting, getting better. I'm, I'm going to, getting to high levels so that's good love it and you mentioned you know that the tour is you know all the spots that everyone dreamed about are, are here they're here in for sort of full flight in 2022 and you know the back half of the championship tour that we will start competing in after margaret river is garagion el salvador sakurema jeffrey's bay and chopu in tahiti you have experience at a lot of these spots if not all of them but are there any that stand out to you just from a competitor standpoint where you're like, I can't wait to compete at this one spot out of those five? Yeah, I mean, definitely the lineup obviously is pretty damn good and it's looking it's looking insane. Uh, I think Tahiti's always been a special place for me. I've always have, have gone there as a kid and I've always loved that place. Um, Chopes would be amazing. But then El Salvador is incredible too. It's probably going to be similar to Mexico and I love Mexico. So you know, El Salvador will be will be good. The way it will be similar, it feels like, and and obviously J Bay. Like I feel like I've gotten so much better on linking waves and and doing that surfing. That J Bay will be a special one, just to be able to really put waves together from top to bottom and draw beautiful lines. The waves are beautiful. It's it's just yeah. Hopefully we're scoring at all events, and um, yeah, this is it's just so entertaining. So um, yeah, I'm really happy. It definitely. Chopes, J Bay, El Salvador, and then G Land's a good one to throw in the mix. So hopefully we score up there too. Love it. Well, we did put out a feeler for questions from our Instagram community for our listeners, those who follow us at, at the lineup pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, thank you for everyone who sent the questions in. We've whittled them down to three. The first question is from at k.beachy who asks, who or what is your go-to musical artist slash band right now? <laughs> That's interesting because before Heats or before everything, I don't always listen to music. It's quite funny because a lot of guys do. They'll listen to songs before to get them in the zone. Like Italo might be listening to some rap before he paddles out, but I'm calm and ready to go before I'm, I'm paddling out and then I'm ready to go once I get out there. But the, the go-tos lately... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Fifty Cent's been popping off a bit. Uh, <laughs> Drake's, I mean, not Drake. Um, Snoop Dogg's been been going off too. It's, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think between those couple guys, the OG rappers are always good. 
Yeah, you got both both co- both coasts covered too, so you're in good spot. Yeah, east and west, huh? Hey, yeah, you're good. Yeah. No <laughs> I like it. That's funny. All right, the uh, the second question is from at Jenna Jesse, who asks if you had to pick only one uh, pipeline or the box, which would you pick and why? I'd pick pipeline because it's left and right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's got both ways. I mean, the box is incredible. It's my home, but you're only going one way. So yeah, left and right pipe, no one out. That's my pick. Best of both right. worlds. <laughs> I like it. And you got, yeah. you got, and you know, in Volcom, you got a nice spot there too. So you yeah, and the house there. is in front. I can always line up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, last one that we've asked from the Instagram community is from at Coco underscore Christ, who asks, what's the most important aspect after money that a sponsor can offer you when they're approaching you to partner with you? Interesting question. After money. Yeah, like uh, if it's not about the okay. money, like what's okay. the most important thing when in a partner for you, a sponsor partner, I suppose. <laughs> uh, that's you know a good a good partnership. You're always offering each other like, what do you need? You know, like what always a way to help each other. What what do you need to to go to another level? It's it's kind of like that because you know the money comes first, and obviously it's a service that you know you're going to do and you're going to provide. Like you you always they're paying you to do what you do, but you know I remember. It was always cool. I remember one of the questions like Nike asked as a kid when I was on them. It's like, oh, what can we do for you? You know, like what in any way possible. And that's always nice. Like when when people ask that because you're not going to ask for the whole world. You're going to ask for what you need. And uh, just, a, you know, that's a good partnership. You know, when, when the people are humble in a company and, you know, they offer me what, you know, whatever they can do for you, you're going to offer your best for them too. So, it's uh, that's how it should be in companies. You know, you always... You know, especially when you have hard workers and people who really do that. I look for that, you know, and the person first. You want to be working for good people, you know. It's like um, it's the quality in people. So money's can't take that nowhere, but you're going to have friendships and people there for a long time. So, uh, yeah, quality people. <laughs> I like it. That was a good good question and good answer. That was really, really good. Yeah, and give you some equity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I've got a list. Let's go. Um, all right. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who wrote in uh, at, at the lineup pod on Instagram and the final segment, which we did do one year ago. So we'll compare our answers. I don't remember what you said. Uh, lightning round. It's now time for the lightning round. Ten questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. Whew, okay. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer or finless, which would you choose? <laughs> thruster, guaranteed. Coffee or tea? <laughs> tea. Burrito or pizza? Burrito. <laughs> last book you read? I have read, the last one I've read was a, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It was a nice book about a monk. Yeah, it was very nice. Cool. Best surf film ever? The Bruce movie and trilogy. Mm. One wave you never have to go back to. <laughs> I've been to some bad waves. Manly's pretty bad. <laughs> I had a good result there last time though. But it's I can't say anything bad about some waves because you never know. You might just go back to them for fun. So the it's the you know, whatever. There's yeah, there's some fat ones and some bad ones. I don't know. It's all good. <laughs> I, I might have to take that question out because everyone's yeah. like I everyone goes like right away, they're like, I know exactly what 
wave I don't want to go back to, but they're like, I don't really want to offend anybody because that's their wave and maybe they can't go anywhere else. Like, yeah, so, exactly. That, that's funny because I had a good result there last year and it was like, oh, okay, maybe I do like it a bit more now. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> good experience. Yeah. 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 I don't oh, want to make man. anyone piss off. <laughs> that's fair. If you only had, if you only got to surf one wave for the rest of your life, where would it be? I could surf North Point for the rest of my life. I think that's pretty good. But I haven't been to Cloud Break. I've never been to Fiji. I hope that event comes back one day on tour. I know it's uh, it's uh, probably a bit of a harder event to run, like Chopu and a lot of the events that are a bit more remote. But if we got that one back, I could probably surf that for the rest of my life. It looks pretty good. It's pretty good. And and maybe not as maybe not as hard to bring back on tour as you think. We'll see. Okay. We're breaking news here on the podcast. Everyone's going to like, that'll be on Beach Grit within a week. Um, okay. Next question. Best person to share a lineup with? Everyone on tour is pretty hungry. Uh, don't know if I can name <laughs> one of them. Um, uh, I mean, when the waves are big, I don't know. When I have have a lot of fun, even just with if me and my wife Julia like surfing. She loves surfing so much. She's a good one to share the lineup with when it's good fun. I like going on a surf trip, not thinking about contests so much. Sometimes you like to get away from it. That's a good way to share the lineup with share it with your partner. It's always good fun. It's nice if you miss a That's surf. That's a good answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, wor- worst person to share a lineup with? <laughs> um, I've had a few in the past. I don't know. There's <laughs> If you don't, you don't have to name them. If they exist, you could be like, I know who they are. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, worst person to share a lineup with? Um, Geordie Smith takes a fair few waves when we're on tour. I know he's always on good ones. And then... <laughs> yeah it's not bad though i know everyone's hungry Nah, it's yeah there's a, there's always certain certain guys that are getting a lot of waves but you just got to get more than them in the end <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's, you could name you could name pretty much the top 31 guys on tour besides me that you wouldn't want to share a lineup with at least all the waves get ridden that's that's one good thing there you go. There's finite resources. They're not going to. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you one of the worst things is I don't like seeing waves get wasted. If I go to a place and I paddle deeper than you, I'm not going to take your wave, but I'm going to be up there for the wave that does come through that you're not going to get. So I do, you know, there's guys that will paddle up deeper than you, like certain guys, maybe Italo or certain guys, you know, will go way deeper, but it's good if they get the waves. So you can't look at it. That part is annoying. I like to see waves getting ridden. <laughs> That's very zen. All right, this is the final question of the lightning round. Finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by... Being present. (laughs) Perfect answer. Perfect answer. Jack Robinson, thank you so much for coming back on the lineup. We hope we get a, a third episode here in the near future. Best of luck at the Margaret River Pro. Congratulations on already securing your spot through the midseason cut. And I'll see you in person in Garagigon. Look forward to it. Thank you, Dave. I'll see you there. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to this next event and beyond. So uh, keep it coming. Let's go. <laughs> so that's it. That's the lineups April 2022 conversation with Western Australia's Jack Robinson. I hope you enjoyed it. The Surf City El Salvador Pro presented by Corona at Punta Roca has commenced its waiting period with the world's best surfers battling for a spot in the WSL Final 5 before September's world title deciding Rip Curl WSL Finals at Lower Trestles. The Surf City El Salvador Pro will be webcast live at worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. 
This episode is produced by Henry Beyer with art direction by Jason Penning, copywriting by Dan Willen, and additional support from Miguel Clemente. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. Hope you safely get some waves wherever you are and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup.